the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A ramshackle San Francisco home sells for $1.2 million. It's a fixer upper. It said as much. It's not a joke. 1907 four-bedroom, two-bathroom craftsman home was listed as a ramshackle, a total disaster. But it's got 1,832 square feet. It's a contractor special. It's in a deteriorative, deteriorative, I can't even say the word, deteriorative state that needs everything. Just sold for a whopping $1.2 million in cash. It was listed in February for about $800,000, so it got a premium of about $400,000 plus. Um, location, location, location. Be careful on people who say things like passive income, you know, activating, realizing your dreams of real estate. Best way to own commercial real estate is through publicly invested REITs. Then you're not shackled with a 30-year mortgage, then you're not shackled with finding renters. Professionals do it for you. REITs, non-correlating to the stock market, REITs historically have beaten private real estate. The stock market has historically beaten private real estate. Be careful on the pitch of the dream. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton, talking all things financial. Mr. Burton, this is a topic that I kind of want to bring up. It's kind of near and dear to me. My mom, she's now in that 80-plus category, and she's losing her mind. She thought someone came into her house and stole her dryer, and it's the same dryer that was there. And you can't talk to her. Like, she's all batty. Um, so I've, that's my mom. Um, she pays some people, like, $200 to shovel snow. $200 to shovel snow. She's batty. Let's talk a little bit about financial planning and like, you know, some of these issues that come up as you get older. Because right. you have to put your trust in someone. She's got her trust in, you know, her sons, which she's lucky, you know. But she still does buy some crap on QVC that drives us crazy. Oh man, no, but my grandmother who was in a 
memory care facility before she passed had four different subscriptions to Reader's Digest. Two of the normal print okay. and two of the extra large print version that they also will give to seniors okay. that have bad eyes. What is uh, Reader's Digest all about? Yeah, but Have you ever read the short stories in Reader's Digest? I haven't. I remember reading those as a kid all the time. Because my grandparents always had digest. I always saw them around the house, and I was like, I don't want to read that. Like, I'd look at I it. Think and the it's... short stories are really good. Okay. You would like it. Okay. Being a so author. Senior scams and everything. Yeah. How do we fight it? Um, well, it's, you know, part of the communication of even having a long-term care plan, especially now that long-term care insurance is so expensive, and most yeah. people that are over 70 can't get it anyway, um, is having that family discussion. Who's going to be responsible for it? Yeah. And doing a family identity theft protection service is very important, too. Okay, why so is that? Part of, well, because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, I had an insurance agent mail me a document, email me a document regarding a client situation. Yeah. That document had the Social Security number of both my clients and the Social Security numbers of their children on the document by email, no encryption. I don't know what email server this guy uses. I don't know if they have you know, firewalls and things like that, and I chewed them out. I said, don't ever email these documents again. Yeah. You chewed um, me out about passwords. Yeah. Chad yeah. uses crazy passwords. It's always like ampersand dash two <laughs> underscore capital four. And I was like, I didn't even know there was a capital four for numbers, but there is. Yeah. We have passwords and then the auth anvil where you, you know, have to get, get your phone out and get a, an eight digit code that yeah. changes every time you sign in. Um, our wealth management site does the same thing. So it, it, I think security is important, but it's, it's still going to happen. I think um, one of the things that you kind of said there was you're going to have to work with a family member or someone trusted. Mm-hmm. But if you're a family member and you're helping mom with her bills and long-term care, you need to read those contracts. You need to learn, like, because uh, that's, like, my mom couldn't handle her own long-term care at this point. Right. Uh, and she'd get ripped. She'd, you know, the hospital's not going to read it for her, and the hospital's going to charge her. And then, you know, she's, in, she's going to end up paying if she doesn't do it right. The, and there's countless stories, and there are medical bill consultants that are out there too, which which might be helpful for people that are dealing with big health issues of mom or dad that had a health crisis. But you know, part of doing a family plan is also realizing that the person that's going to spend the time helping mom with all those situations, yeah, a lot of times that person might be in a separate state that is looking out saying, oh well, you know, why are they getting more? The person that helps mom or dad. You know, it's okay to compensate them extra, leave yeah. them a little bit more because they were there for them. They took the time out of their job or whatever. It's a lot of work. It's very stressful. Now that you mentioned I know two people whose um, siblings hate each other mm-hmm. because he lives right next to mom and doesn't go visit her, and I take care of her, and he wants more. Yeah. Um, he wants the house because he thinks he's entitled to it. And I, I've seen, and there, there's another one where it's just it's just downright nasty, and there's legal issues between siblings about who's taking care of mom and how it's being done and why are the finances disappearing. Right. How can people do that, Chad? I don't know, but, it, you know, if mom and dad are smart enough to compensate a, a person for that, it needs to be clearly will, written in the trust. Yeah. Um, it's almost better, that, rather than cutting somebody out of a will, is to leave them $5,000, right? And so you get that, and this is all you're getting, and be very clear on that than have any ambiguity of, oh, mom was just losing it when she did the trust so she right. was going to put me in the trust but she forgot i was existence and this is then they sue so if you have a financial plan you should discuss a plan with your children long before you die my dad died without telling us how much insurance he had policy had recently lapsed 
died without telling us how much credit card debt he had. He had about sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, so while my mom was mourning him, I was going through and finding out my dad was a financial disaster. Yeah, um, and that's kind of tragic because I should have been mourning him too, and we should have had a financial planner like Chad Burton say, "Guys, sorry about your dad. Everything's covered." We didn't have that. So anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Google patents a cushioned car bumpers to protect pedestrians. Stop and think about that for one second. Google's patent cushioned car bumpers. While most car makers work to protect passengers inside of a collision, Google has another segment of commuters in mind, pedestrians. Mountain View Company, Google, was awarded a patent on March 24th for exterior bumpers that absorb some of the impact when a car hits a person. The technology could appear on any type of vehicle, according to the patent application, but would be particularly advantageous on cars with an autonomous mode of operation. Google just happens to be developing that type of car. So Google described two exterior bumper features, one with a bumper made of a viscoelastic material that causes deceleration during an impact with a pedestrian and reduces spring back by not returning it to its original shape immediately after impact, and one with a bumper made of air sacs that stretch and burst during an impact with a pedestrian. The bursting air sacs would also reduce spring back. Oh. Okay, this is the issue with autonomous cars, self-driving cars. They're going to have a BITC of a time figuring out cities and homeless people jumping in front of cars or bikers swerving at the last second. Now, cars will probably be able to figure it out better than drivers, but will they be perfect is the question. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 calls of the air. This is what I have for stories today. Home prices rose in the month of January. San Francisco is down, but overall prices were up across big cities. S&P Case-Shiller Index of Homes increased 4.6% year-over-year. Stock market was up 10% year-over-year. Movement to increase McDonald's minimum wage broadens its tactics. Unions in the United States and elsewhere increasing pressure on the fast food giant by protesting its corporate practices to government bodies as well as planning strikes. The big problem with this tactic is is that McDonald's is a franchisee situation, so it's going to be up to the franchisees. Now, McDonald's could try to mandate something, but good luck with that. Apple stock got a price target push of up to 140 bucks a share today from RBC, basically saying gross margins are going to beat expectations. Um, I have a gym that I work out at 
in San Mateo that during the commercial break, I just touched my phone and status updates. My phone knows that I go to the gym every day after work. And it's like, it's a 42-minute drive. I'm like, oh. Worst part about living in the Bay Area and working in the Bay Area is sometimes the commute. Ugh. Right? Keep in mind, it was like 73 degrees. That's <laughs> gorgeous. Oh, and there's a lot of high-paying jobs here. Investors were wary, wary on the WWE subscriber outlook. WrestleMania event, it's now over. It was a huge draw for the web video service. World Wrestling Entertainment now has more than 1.3 million subscribers for its online TV network, a 31% increase in just two months that has left investors wondering if that growth is sustainable. Now, let's stop right there for just a second. There's a lot going on in that statement. When you start talking about WrestleMania and WWE, publicly traded company, we talked about it last week. Companies now like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, and let's just throw in there WrestleMania or World Wide Wrestling. After years of assaulting traditional television, we're now seeing the, the coin flip where HBO, Apple, Sony, and Dish are offering wireless services on media. You're seeing companies, again, like Hulu, who can pull together the networks. You're seeing some of the networks offering their own platforms. So the stakes have been raised in the game, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, HBO, Apple, Sony, Dish, CBS, ABC. In a world where HBO and CBS and all these guys are trying to go to the internet. It looks like all of the guys on the internet are trying to come to television. Yahoo has its own production television shows. And you're like, really? I always throw in Yahoo as a joke in this scenario. HBO has had a long profitable track record as home to you know fantastic shows like Game of Thrones, which I could probably use me a little Game of Thrones um, intro music because... Oh. When that and The Walking Dead's uh, show starts up, like you, you get jonesed. Someone just came out with a Game of Thrones beer, which is dark and delicious like the show. And I'm like, oh. So the HBO Go app, early success. Now they're rolled out HBO Now. The stakes are getting raised. About two in five American households now subscribe to a video streaming service with Netflix leading the pack. Two and five. While HBO remains far more profitable with many more global subscribers, Netflix now counts about 40 million paid subscribers in the United States to HBO's 30 million. So Netflix also has ramped up original production with plans for 320 hours of new and returning original series in 2015, including Orange is the New Black, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, and Bloodline, which is getting awful reviews. Can't win them all. So to prosper, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu are going to have to spend more on the production and marketed into exclusive comedies, dramas, films, documentaries, and other shows. The greater the acclaim, the more exclusive the offering. So that goes back to the WWE and 1.3 million subscribers. That's not shabby. Speaking of shabby, a ramshackle home in San Francisco oof, sells for $1.2 million. It's a total disaster of a home. But it's all about location, location, location. And people, you know, it's teardown, of course. 
my house is a teardown. Um, I like one-level homes. Some people like two-level homes. I'm fine with the one-level. But the home, even though it has been gutted, has an unobstructed view of the Pacific Ocean. And sits a short walk across San Francisco's Great Highway to the beach. And it's just five blocks from San Francisco's famed Golden Gate Park. And it's got off-the-street parking, not a small thing. So <clears throat> a very, very minimalist home. But a lot of the fixtures, you know, it's just, like I said, it's going to have to get gutted. <clears throat> you know, a lot of the great things like the stained glass, the Tiffany-style lamps have been ripped out. A lot of the fixtures and carpeting, you know, um, destroyed. Badly weathered, to say the least. But what's interesting is, given the fact that the median home price recently hit a million dollars in San Francisco, um, and it's expected to go up about 4.3% this year, the house originally sold, again, it just sold for $1.2 million, right? In 1997 for 340000 and then it sold for 935000 in June of 2008. And then, you know, six years later, seven years later, it sells for $1.2 million. What's interesting to note is how sustainable do you think those gains are? Do you? Google is pressuring AT&T's broadband prices. Anytime they're in the same city, AT&T lowers their prices. But can Google continue to roll out fiber, which is very expensive, and clearly it's not helping their profitability? You want competition because competition does keep the other man honest. At the same time, as a Google shareholder, you're probably going like, come on, guys, like, your valuations looks very attractive. Make me money. Show me, show me that promise. And sometimes uh, Google's got other ideas. Toyota unveiled a cheaper crash avoidance system. Uh, Toyota, which will show redesigned 2016 models of its RAV4 and Lexus RX this week in New York, introduced new safety features that automatically brake the vehicles to avoid collisions. Um, we're not quite there yet, but the technology continues to ramp up year over year. And the fact that they've unveiled a cheap crash avoidance system, you'd probably get that for your kid. So growing up, wasn't it always tragic in high school or college when you found out someone died in a car crash? Um, Self-driving cars will cut that down enormously. Self-driving cars will cut down parking problems. Self-driving cars will cut down traffic congestion. Because that person in front of you who seems to always be slamming on his brakes won't be doing that. Or speeding up, slowing down, speeding up, slowing down, speeding up, slowing down. Anyway, lots of good stuff coming down the road. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. GoDaddy's coming public after 18 years of being unprofitable and has a mountain of debt. That's one that I don't get. If they couldn't make tons of money in the go-go years of the 1990s on the internet, oof, too much competition now. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Got an email from a trucker yesterday. Convoy. We got a great big convoy trucking down the line. He listens to the podcast, and by all means, do share with friends and family about the whole podcast thing. Um, he asked uh, how he can save, and, you know, it's not that easy. Uh, do you have a 401k at work? That's the best way to save, in my opinion, 403b or 457. Some sort of employment sponsor, employer-sponsored product. Then you start looking at Roth IRAs and... Uh, probably our Roth IRA is probably the way to go, you know, as the second choice. But he said, like, what fund should I be in? I'm like, okay, you want some mid-cap, small-cap, large-cap, probably with TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, or Vanguard. You probably want a value approach or a balanced approach to all three of those categories, large, mid, small. You do want some international, and you do want some income, and I'd go with publicly traded real estate and real estate investment trusts if you're under the age of 50. Um, REITs. But again, there's no correct answer. Like, I love the Fidelity Blue Chip Growth Fund. Over the last year, it's up 18.9%. In the last 10 years, it's up 10.2%. It's a fine company. Fine, fine mutual fund. You can do ETFs if you want, too. There's an ETF on dividend achievers. They're very similar products, the Blue Chip Growth Fund from Fidelity, as well as the Dividend Achievers ETF. It's almost uh, as if it's like thin spaghetti versus regular spaghetti. Which one do you like? They're both about the same to me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Let's bring in real estate, Tony Mendez. Joining me now... Mortgage lender, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. One of the standards or one of the rules, I guess, tied towards getting a mortgage now is you have to be a quali- for it to be qualified. It can't be more than 43% of your debt-to-income ratio. Your right. debt-to-income ratio can't be greater than 43%. What's that mean? So in January 10, 2014, the part of the Dodd-Frank implementation was something called qualified mortgages. Basically, lenders uh, will get federal uh, legal protection against lawsuits if they follow the qualified mortgage rule ability to pay, repay rules, um, part of this um, this new law, uh, so to speak. And, um, and it, what it does is limits the borrower's ability to borrow over a certain amount of their debt. So that 43% basically represents all of your debt on a monthly basis. Okay. So if you make $10,000 a month, you can spend 4300 a month on all of your debt. It's interesting to note that when I was growing up, and I kind of hold these standards still to be fairly true, that you shouldn't spend more than 28 to 40% of your income on your housing. Right. Because taxes are going to take 15 to 20% of your income. Income tax is going to take another 10%. Social security tax is going to take 3 plus percent, 4 5%. It all adds up. And then you're left with how much can you really afford? It's somewhere between 28 and 40 percent. 40 percent, you're stretching yourself. 28 percent, you probably have a little bit more wiggle room in case you get in trouble and lose a job. I like rules like this because people could start saying, okay, there's my budget. If my budget is $100,000 a year, I can only afford 28 to 40,000. 
if that's what's coming in, that's what can go out towards housing. Right. That's the basic idea. Another one that I like, and you can tell me if this is true or not, is two and a half times your income is what you could afford in a house. So if you make $100,000 a year, you could afford $250,000. It's the basic rule. Again, it doesn't take into cases low interest rates and some other scenarios, but I like it. Um, it shows people what you should be in. Even though we all want a million-dollar house, we don't all make $400,000 a year. Right. So, and that's that 43% is the what they call the back-end ratio, or all of your debt. And they do set limits on your front-end ratio, which is just the new housing debt. And, of course, they don't factor in things like, they use gross income on W-2. So they don't factor in taxes and expenses of owning the house, maintenance, and so forth. So, and the lenders are, are, are honoring this for the most part. There are ways you can go over the 43% if you have a strong credit package, like better credit score, a lot more equity. Oh, I have a strong a credit lot, package. Uh, you know, a, a good income, st- solid job, and the type of property. There's, so you put the credit package together and you go higher. So lenders are able to go over it currently, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's it's all about you know looking at the future of why you want to own this house, and you know, are you getting the good tax breaks? Is it working as far as you you know? Uh, are you going to have a kid? Do you have college to pay for and so on? Another rule that I kind of like, and you can tell me this, you get a good rate at 20% down, you get an okay rate at 10%, to, okay rate at 10%, good rate at 20%, great rate at 25%, really great rate at 30%. Is there some truth to that statement that Absolutely. the more you put down, the better rate you get? Absolutely. And again, it's part of your whole credit package and equity and credit scores. Oh, my are t- credit package is good. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Finish your thought. Uh, it's all about your credit package, and equity is one of the, the the better scenarios or the better factors that helps you get the lower rate and and a better pricing for that rate. Uh, not only that, better equity also helps you qualify for certain types of loans and certain types of properties. Uh, if it's an investment property, you want to put 25% down as opposed to 20. Um, you get a huge t- uh, cr- uh, benefit in rate, but it's 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 your whole package, and and it also helps you avoid mortgage insurance. And it's not. You can get a great rate with FHA. As a matter of fact, better than you can get on a 25% down conventional, but you have mortgage insurance. So it's a way of avoiding mortgage insurance as well and getting a good rate of return on the money you're putting into your house and making it work for you to the best of the ability. I was reading a home equity line, a credit document. Did you know that banks typically put in language that they can cancel at any point in time? Absolutely. That has to be like shocking for some people because they don't expect that. They think I get a home equity line of credit. It's mine. I can do with it what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want. And you get a letter from the bank. There's no doubt that a lot of people back before 2007, 2008 did not read their note, their adjustable arm note, and they don't even know how they work. So it's important that you do understand those the terminology. Tony Mendez does a show here on KDOW every Thursday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. Listen to it. You'll learn a lot about one of the most important financial decisions you'll make in your life. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoan.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for being a supporter of the show. Thanks for investing your time listening to the show. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a quick look at the markets. Um, a little bit lower. Goodbye, March. That's all I have to say. Goodbye, March. That's what April brings us. You know, some economists... And some market strategists say, take the next three months off. Sell in May and go away. So maybe you jump the gun a little bit and sell in April. 
investors should you know, consider taking some profits if you feel that your portfolio is stretched. Like if you've had really big winners, maybe you rebalance now. A likely increase in the U.S. interest rates will intensify market volatility and threatens to wipe out any gains investors may have made in probably the last year. So says economists. This is an economist speaking out of Dubai, a guy named Steen Jacobson with Saxo Bank. Do you know who he is? Do you take his advice? Does he know who you are? Uh, if nothing else, he says, reduce your stock portfolio to where it was on the 1st of January last year. Put the money into cash and take a nice long summer holiday. You won't make any money, but you also won't have any downside risk. China's weaker property market is weighing on economic growth and cutting demand for commodities from copper to steel. The value of global equities jumped 5% this year through Monday, the most since the end of 2013. Europe is starting on that easing policy of monetary policy. I can't say that anything in this note disturbs me. You know, if you had big gains in the last six years, you know, is there something that's now overweighted in your portfolio? I certainly have changed the way I have invested in the last six months, three months, particularly. Just tinkering. So, and I feel good with it. So, and I've noted that what I've done here on this show on a regular basis, so we're all on the same page, or at least you know where I'm coming from. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. An RBS boss, a big banking company, he left after his daughter posted some Snapchat features on Instagram. It's pretty funny. Snapchat may have cost Royal Bank of Scotland chairman Rory Cullinan his job. So... His daughter, 18-year-old daughter, took a series of Snapchat pictures and just pictures of him looking bored. Now, Snapchat puts a limit on how long you can view and download the photos. So how is it this guy, his bosses, saw his daughter's Snapchat photos? And like on Snapchat, you could write a little message like, you know, not a fan of board meetings, boring meeting XXX, another friggin' meeting. Um, seems like a run-in-the-mill kind of stuff and out of a job. Careful what you post, people. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. I've had employees in the past do things just like... That I'm not... i got to be careful what I say. I've had employees in the past make bad decisions that ultimately led to their leaving. And it wasn't necessarily job-related. It was just bad decisions. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. First quarter, not the greatest on Wall Street. I'm okay with that. I'm still under the age of 50, and when markets are down, I feel like I'm getting a bargain on the indexes and ETFs that I'm investing in. Now, that doesn't always work that way. I think you know that. Sometimes people get scared and sell at lows. Don't be that person. Hmm. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Gold, not very interesting. I'm not a big fan of gold. Never have been, never will be. Gold doesn't have a job. Gold doesn't go out and get an upgrade. We're going to run out of mineable gold in 20 years, they say. So maybe I should be a fan. I'm just, I'm not. There's certain things that will turn you off, and that's one of them for me. Another thing that turns me off is people who quote Robert Kiyosaki. The financial intelligence in the world is not great, but when you're starting to quote Kiyosaki, you're really showing just extreme ignorance. He's a guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He basically made it up. He didn't really have two dads. He didn't really have it. What Kiyosaki is able to do is not teach you how to be rich. He's able to get you to seminars and make him rich. He comes up with, if you read his books, statements like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And later, a couple pages later, it's like, put all your eggs in one basket. The only thing that's slimier than Robert Kiyosaki are the people that spin off from underneath Robert Kiyosaki. If you find yourself going to seminars, motivational seminars, that can cost up to $3,000, you're probably doing something wrong. I don't dislike, I don't hate Tony Robbins, but I dislike the fact that people have to find that in their life, a coach. With that said, I'll be your little boot on the mountain, your little guru. But please know that the path up the mountain is yours. And on occasion, if you want to get a little help, a little insight, a little experience from the trenches, you know, feel free to hear and listen. But you have to make your own path. People like Kiyosaki come and go. He's managed to stay for a long period of time. There was one guy who basically ends up going to jail who, he wrote a series of books in the 90s on, you know, he would use phrases like, you know, when I was a cabbie, you know, the long fares weren't as good as the get in, get out, get in, get out, get in, get out. The quick fares. He's like, I was always trying to turn my meter, always trying to turn my meter. And uh, he somehow makes that a parallel for Wall Street and trading. I've never met anyone who's taken a day trading class, who's gone to a day trading university, who's used day trading software. I've never found one person worth a million dollars. I found people that lost between three and $10,000 doing it. So day trading academies and things like that, you know, will teach you to trade. Do you think they would really teach you to trade if they had a system? I don't think so. Our professional traders have been on the floor, and they're going to teach you how to do it just like they did. Do you think they're going to be teaching? 
if they could still do it. Keep in mind, it's a game. Investing is a game that you could be 99 years old and do. It's not like playing soccer, playing football, where, yeah, I, I can see you know an ex-football player teaching kids and coaching for a living. But do you think a Wall Street guy is going to teach you how to trade? Or is he going to basically get you to pay him a lot of money, and he's going to start saying a lot of hot air stuff, and then to continue to use his services, it's going to be a recurring fee? I'm never stunned at the people's ignorance and their, their willingness to lose their money. If I had a, a secret trading system, I do a lot of analysis on a company. If I had a secret trading system, I would be single and the richest guy in San Francisco, and I would be enjoying champagne at 2 o'clock in the afternoon every single day and partying like a rock star. It's 130% true. Do you think there's any chance I would share it with you for somewhere between $400 and $10,000 when I could have it all to myself? I can have a bevy, a bevy of ladies. I can have just men who adore me and, like, you know, carry my car keys for me. Because Lord knows I can't carry my own car keys. They're much, much too complicated of a chore for me. I'm very important. No, no, no. I'll just get a driver. Make it even better. Throw the car keys out the off the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm kind of a big deal. I don't think... Hmm. I got an email recently from someone who said... he referred to a trading system that he signed up for as a scam, and he was wondering if he had any recourse. And I'm like, sure, you know, try to sue the guy. Contact the state attorney general. Tell me your, you know, your dealings. Document everything. But in the end, you probably signed something that waived all your rights, and there was probably a phrase in that stuff that you signed that said, you know, these results are not, you know, promised. But people who look for gurus and people who look for... Uh, Real estate people to realize your dreams of owning property, and you'll get passive income. You can buy a publicly traded real estate investment trust and own it. 100 shares is done. You get the real estate upside, you get the passive income. And yet there's people selling this stuff. I don't get it. I just, I, I guess we're an ignorant country. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. I'll talk to you soon. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.